0: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Today is August 27th, 2021, In our first story. The Biden administration has crossed a line I thought not possible. U.S. officials have provided a list of names of Americans and Afghan allies to the Taliban, igniting such shock that some are arguing this is treason. And now the Taliban is turning away American citizens from the airport. Apparently, they know to look for. I, I, I am absolutely shocked by this, my friends. In our next story, the Supreme Court has knocked down Biden's illegal second eviction moratorium. Even though the Supreme Court already said it was illegal, they did it again because Biden ignored their orders. And our last story police in Chicago are saying, no, they will not be forced to be vaccinated. And we're seeing this with many police departments, EMS, and firefighters. And this could exacerbate the controlled demolition of the United States. If you like this show, please give us a good review and leave five stars. And if you really like the show, tell your friends about it. Now, let's get into that first story. I've reached my limit, you know. I I don't want to be a Biden derangement syndrome channel. I wasn't a fan of how every single thing Trump did was bad, and I always try to figure out where I can at least say something someone did was good. For example, when when the Afghan crisis started, you know, Joe Biden came out and gave his speech. I actually praised him. You watched my video. I said, look, I think some of the things he said were was good. Notably, we can't send brave men and women from the United States to go fight a war the Afghans aren't willing to fight themselves. And it was wrong. We ended up learning that Joe Biden, in the middle of the night, abandoned, or should say the Biden administration, abandoned Bagram Air Force Base, a strategic location with two runways that is fortified that could have easily evacuated everybody. And more importantly, abandoning the base without informing the commanders uh, or the commander of the Afghan uh, Air Force, the security forces so that they were left holding an empty bag, confused about logistics or what was even going on. We saw the videos of the Afghan commandos fighting, running out of ammo, and then being executed by the Taliban. So I can't, I, 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 I can no longer even just try to say good things about this man. You know, uh, it may just seem cliche, I, I suppose. Biden is bad. He is so bad It is as bad as we thought it was going to be. And trying to find a light in this darkness is is naive and ignorant at this point. The Daily Mail spares nothing. Nowhere to hide, Joe. President adopts fetal position as he crumbles under questioning and tries to blame Trump for Afghanistan catastrophe after 13 troops were killed along with 90 Afghans in ISIS attack. My friends, the number has gone up. We've got uh, an updated number. This is from Ahmed uh, Mukhtar. He's CBS, a CBS journalist in Afghanistan. The death toll from the attack has jumped to 170 people, including 32 men, three women, three children. Identity or uh, of 132 others still unidentifiable. Nearly 200 people also wounded. Now, that's the latest. But I'm going to tell you why. There's a line for me. Look, the media ragged on Trump no matter what he did. There was nothing ever good about what Trump did. And that's absurd. They, they were lying. They were cheating and they were stealing because they didn't like the man. And so I was constantly saying, that's ridiculous. Stop blaming. Stop, stop making me defend Trump, right? That was the meme. Take a look at this story from Politico. Obviously, why you clicked on this, this uh, segment. U.S. officials provided Taliban... With names of Americans, Afghan allies, to evacuate. The White House contends that limited information sharing with the Taliban is saving lives. Critics argue it's putting Afghan allies in harm's way. One defense official said he just gave the Taliban a kill list. I can't, I, I don't even know what to say. U.S. officials gave the names of Americans, allies, green card holders to the enemy to the enemy. The Taliban was not supposed to storm the provincial capitals and take the cities. The deal was that they wouldn't do that. The hope was that the Afghan security forces would maintain themselves. Joe Biden abandoned them. No more logistics. Uh, So look, you know, I read one expert analysis and, 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 and maybe there's some Biden derangement syndrome, I suppose. But I just think at this point, you've got to accept reality. One of the experts was saying that the American military doctrine is always air support, air superiority. And so we provided the Afghan security forces with an air force. Even Biden brought that up. But logistics was pulled. The contractors were pulled. Maintenance and repair for, these, for, the, for the aircraft was pulled. And Bagram was abandoned in the middle of the night, left, abandoned to looters, not even the Taliban. And then Mark Milley is like, well, you know, I was told to defend the embassy. It is beyond failure. And some have even contended Biden did this on purpose. But to hear now that after what they did in abandoning our bases in the middle of the night, I mean, you have to wonder if they botched it on purpose because they want justification for a reinvasion, because now they're saying Biden's facing a dilemma. Send in more troops to to seek justice for the the death of these U.S. troops and civilians or leave. Yeah, it's almost like they wanted this to happen so they could say, oh, no, no, we have to fight back. Oh, it's ISIS. Why did they give the names of American citizens to the enemy? The Taliban was not in the peace agreements Trump had with them, Supposed, supposed to be storming into Kabul and shutting everything down. No, they violated the treaty. They are our enemies. And so the U.S. decided it would be appropriate to give up the identities of Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Some people have said that's treason. And, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, providing material support to the enemy in a time of war, giving up the names of American citizens to the enemy when they are trapped behind enemy lines. I, I don't even know what to say. This man, uh, Biden, must resign, step down, be impeached, whatever. This is, is insane. For all of the problems Trump had, man, this was not one of them. Absolutely not. Political reports. U.S. officials in Kabul Gave the Taliban a list of names of American citizens, green card holders and Afghan allies to grant entry into the militant controlled outer perimeter of the city's airport, a choice that's prompted outrage behind the scenes from lawmakers and military officials. Oh, I I get it, but you're not going to defend this. They're like, well, the Taliban set up checkpoints. They want to get, you know, we're trying to get the Americans out. We had to tell them who the Americans were. No, you didn't. And even still, why are you surrendering? that apparently the French special forces in Germany, they're going in like strike teams and extracting their citizens, not the U.S. They're giving up the names to the enemy. It's almost like Joe Biden wants these people to lose their lives. Why? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the end result was that they want to justify a reinvasion. They're already sending in more troops. You cannot trust the establishment neocon warmonger class. You want to know why I think there's, 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 there's a reason to believe they do this stuff on purpose? Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck flew to the Middle East. He has no reason to do that. Glenn Beck is as rich as rich can get, isn't it? He's not the richest guy in the world, but he's very wealthy, very comfortable with his massive, beautiful Texas studio. The man can enjoy the finest wines and steaks every night. He has no reason to risk his life going on a mission to rescue people from Afghanistan. I have tremendous respect for what Glenn Beck is doing. Excellent moves. Uh, Glenn, you rock, man. This is awesome. They raised over $30 million, the Nazarene Fund. They are rescuing people. But Glenn Beck said, Tucker Carlson, uh, well, Glenn Beck said on Tucker Carlson, the State Department blocked attempts to rescue Afghan Christians. So this is from Texas News Today. I'm sure there's probably some better sources. I think we actually have uh, the, uh, here we go, Daily Mail. Not to consistently just use the Daily Mail for everything, but you know what? Glenn Beck claims U.S. State Department and Biden's White House are blocking his efforts to rescue Afghan Christians from the Taliban who want to set them on fire. Beck claimed on Thursday that the State Department blocked his rescue effort. His group, the Nazarene Fund, is attempting to evacuate Afghan Christians. He fears some were killed in suicide blast after being turned back at the airport. Beck said his organization has saved 5,100 Afghans from persecution. It is unclear how many Christian Afghans are left in the country. This is amazing. Now, I actually even heard, I haven't checked on this one, that Hillary Clinton is flying in to rescue people. Amazing. I absolutely despise Hillary Clinton for everything she has ever done, basically. She is awful. But I tell you this, she's flying in to rescue people from the Taliban I respect it 100%. Now I have to wonder why it is that we are in this mess. Joe Biden in the fetal position, they say. Is it on purpose? I can't, I can't describe intent. I don't know what's going on in their minds, and I think it's entirely possible. Perhaps the simple solution is that Joe Biden, as we all knew, is not with it. But if that were the case, why are they blocking Glenn Beck from saving people? Why are they giving the names of American citizens to the enemy? I'm sorry. You know, I often operate on the least amount of assumptions. So let's play a game. Conspiracy theories. Not a fan. You got to make too many leaps of faith to believe something to be a grand conspiracy. But what happens when you have, in the dead of night, the US military abandoning a secure, strategically positioned Air Force base 45 miles outside of the city in the middle of the night, not informing our, our, our allies and the Afghan security forces, just leaving it, sneaking out. Why would we do that? That's weird. Why wouldn't they do a drawdown? Why, why wouldn't they keep the base to evacuate people? Why wouldn't they evacuate American citizens and our allies before leaving? Why did Joe Biden, Push the deadline back several months and then still screw it all up. Why did Joe Biden allow the Taliban to start seizing the provincial capitals when there were still some troops in the country? Why did he allow the Afghan security forces to crumble as the Taliban started firing on them? Where was the air support? Why didn't we provide any of that? Why did the U.S. government allow Kabul to fall? Why did they then provide the names to the enemy who violated the treaty? Why now are they blocking people from rescue efforts? The end result of this was always obvious. The Afghan security forces would crumble, run out of ammo, have with with no air support. The the, the training and the military doctrine provided to them would be useless. Several fled. One flew to Uzbekistan, got shot down, I guess.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See
1: website for details. The, the Taliban would then start seizing provincial capitals, pushing back and repressing and beating citizens, setting up checkpoints. Joe Biden then instructs the U.S. forces to secure a, a, a civilian airport inside a city of nearly what five million people. And then fall to the whims of the enemy with no pushback. And then gave them an, the names of, the American, of American citizens, creating a, a kill list, essentially, especially for the Afghan allies. Look, you can argue the Taliban might kick those Americans out and be like, we don't want it. But then the Afghan allies, he may as well have just signed their death warrants. Why? Well, now that we have 13 dead U.S. troops and substantially more dead Afghan civilians, we are entertaining these thoughts. Joe's nightmare choice on whether to leave troops to attack ISIS-K or pull them out by August 31st as Biden orders Pentagon to plan strikes. How can he hunt down the terrorists behind the double suicide blast? President Biden announced the U.S. would hunt down terrorists behind the attack. At least 13 U.S. military personnel died in two suicide bombings at the airport. Biden said the evacuation would continue as planned until August 31st, and he said he had asked for plans to strike at ISIS-K leadership and assets. But intelligence experts said the U.S. now lacked the assets needed to hunt down the terrorists in Afghanistan. Oh, after this attack, Biden's hard choice is uh, reinvade. So was that it? Were all of these failures lined up perfectly so that the dominoes would fall and that Biden can say, oh, woe is me. Oh, no. Now we got to go back and invade the country to deal with the terrorists. I don't know. But I got to tell you, it would make you would have to make many assumptions uh, in either direction. Okay, if you want to claim that Joe Biden's just a crackpot who ain't all with it, and there's no adults in the room, I suppose. But man, is this a perfect storm? Certainly, certainly someone would have said, don't abandon the Air Force. Don't abandon the Air Force base until we evacuate our citizens. How could there be blunder after blunder after blunder after blunder? Unless it's worse than we realize. It's one thing to say that Joe Biden not all with it. It's another thing to say, not only is he not all with it, he never cared in the first place. That's a possibility, too. But I don't know which one makes the least amount of assumptions, to be honest. Do they want to send in more troops to Afghanistan and just keep the war going? Yeah, they definitely do. They didn't want to withdraw forces in the first place, but Trump was pulling our troops out and they couldn't do anything about it. And the American people wanted us out of Afghanistan. And this could have been done right. In fact, it's entirely possible based on everything I've read so far. It could have been successful in this. It is one of the stupidest things to say, I suppose, that nation building Afghanistan could have been successful. But I mean, if we did not abandon our allies the way we did, they may have been able to hold their own. In fact, look, Donald Trump has come out and said the reason this wouldn't have happened under his leadership is because he knew the Taliban knew some F-18s would come and, you know, strike, on, strike them. Where are the drones? Come on, we got drones? The Obama administration, they called him Obama because he flew around drones. Where's he at? Where's it at? Nothing. I don't know. I don't know what to say, you know. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but I just got to stress the giving the names of American citizens. I, 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 I just can't get over it. I can't. I know I said it like 12 times already. What? what how do you reconcile that? I mean, at the very least, there's got to be a hearing on this. And I will tell you. Criminal homicide. I, what do you negligent homicide? Look, a lot of people are saying treason. Because Joe Biden's uh, U.S. officials, Joe Biden's administration, provided the names of Americans and our allies to the enemy, providing them material support and potentially, I think it'll lead to Americans dying. We'll see. Treason. At the very least, this is some kind of criminal action. Some, some kind of negligent action. Compromising people's lives, putting them at risk. I don't know. There's... I, it's, it's just absolutely insane to me. Tucker Carlson says, President is fading before our eyes and brands him a lunatic with no self-respect after Kabul bomb killed 13 U.S. service personnel. Tucker Carlson branded Joe Biden a lunatic with no self-respect on his show. Carlson made his comments at the start of his nightly opinion show after the events in Afghanistan. He started the talk show with a monologue in which he suggested that someone who has hated the country And wanted to humiliate um, humiliate America for good, would use Afghanistan to do that. Alluding to Biden, Carlson said it would humiliate everyone involved to withdraw from Afghanistan after a war that has lasted 19 years, and turn the war into a welfare program, while spending trillions of dollars to do so. When crowds of desperate people showed up, as they inevitably would, begging to be evacuated, you'd be certain to give preference to the foreign nationals, the ones you might, the ones. who might hate you and prefer Sharia law to democracy. They would get the first seats on the plane. As for your own citizens, the people you exist to protect, we just wish them luck and leave them behind. No, Tucker, it was worse than that. The U.S. officials named them to the Taliban. They didn't just say, we're going to leave you behind. They said, here's the people we're looking for. It's like when Joe Biden went to Putin and said, here's the list of targets you can't attack. Here's our our list of top priorities and hotspots. So what? Now now we've given, I mean, Joe Biden has provided our enemies with a lot. Tucker continued, then having done all of that, you go on television back in your own country to brag about what an amazing job you've done. You'd call yourself a hero. You compare your evacuation of Kabul to the Berlin airlift. And that way, once you've done that, the rest of the world would know you're not simply incompetent and weak. You're also delusional. You're a lunatic with no self-respect. Carlson said the enemies of the U.S. took advantage of America's diminished condition. In moments like this, Americans turn instinctively to their president for perspective and leadership. It doesn't matter if they voted for him. They want to be reassured by the man in charge. But Joe Biden did not reassure them. He didn't even appear. For hours, Biden remained hidden and silent. Finally, the White House announced that Joe Biden would speak to the country at 5 p.m. this afternoon. But then but even then, he didn't show. Carlson said that when, when Biden eventually did speak, it was hard to believe this is the man in charge of our country. Joe Biden is fading before our eyes. He began by muttering something irrelevant and weird about his late son, Beau, whom he described as the uh, as the U.S. attorney in Kosovo, as if that position exists. Beau Biden died of cancer in 2015 with his father convinced the disease was brought on by exposure to toxic chemicals during a tour in Iraq. And then Biden pledged his voice weak and halting, speaking at at a pace half of what a normal person speaks at, that he was going to somehow hunt down and punish the people who killed our Marines today. Biden had said on Thursday to those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes to do harm to America, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. No, you won't. Unfortunately, the tragedy today was not a complete surprise. There was intelligence suggesting it might happen just hours before the attack. Let me explain something to all of you. Those brave men and women who lost their lives. They knew the warning went out to American citizens and to UK citizens to stay away And they knew and they followed their orders to continue processing people to be evacuated. I wonder if the if the if the if command, if the Biden administration knew about the the threats, why didn't they simply just shut down, back away and say, get our troops out of there? I mean, it's already a disaster. But you would tell American citizens to go to leave. I get it. Afghan citizens to stay to be processed. It's almost like they do it on purpose, isn't it? Cause think about it. The Afghan citizens being told, we're going to process you and evacuate you. Americans stay away. And the Afghan citizens go to the gate where the U.S. Marines are processing them. And the intelligence was correct. And now people are dead. If they knew to tell Americans to stay away, why didn't they get our troops out of there? Why would they continue to prioritize Afghan citizens for evacuation? Answer me this. They continued to press uh, Afghan citizens for evacuation, told Americans not to come for evacuation. That's clearly showing they're prioritizing Afghan citizens. But they also knew they were keeping our Marines in harm's way to evacuate people who are not Americans. I don't know what else to say other than to me. If you came and said it was on purpose, I'd be like, you know, how do I say no to that? How do I argue against it. Honestly, I, I don't know if I can. I mean, sure, Biden's demented, potentially, literally, figuratively. He's, he's out of his mind. But I just don't know, man. Here's what I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see this as an excuse for some kind of uh, incursion, bolstering of troops, military activity in the Middle East and they'll say this this attack, you know, lives in infamy. It's like we we tried to leave, but they won't let us, or something like that. They'll say that we negotiated a peace deal that was instantly violated. And as much as it is our goal to leave, we we were attacked, and we can't allow ter- terror to return. ISIS is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at one p.m. on this channel, and we'll just pray for the best, man. We'll we'll hope that this uh, is not. It, we'll hope this is the worst of it, but we'll see. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all at one on this channel. I'm begging your pardon, good friends. I don't mean to distract you from the ongoing crisis in Afghanistan, the crisis with the labor shortage, the crisis with inflation, the crisis with vaccine mandates, the crisis with our southern border. I don't mean to distract you from all of those things. But we do have big news that we do need to talk about outside of all of those crises. We have another one eviction moratorium and the looming mass eviction of millions of people. The rock in a hard place we find ourselves in as Americans, and it is the fault of everyone in government, basically. And and, hey, let's be real. Donald Trump's 15 days to slow the spread, the shutting down of the economy has uh, probably destroyed it. But Joe Biden tried to stop the evictions with an eviction moratorium. Now, at first, there was an eviction moratorium in place for some time. Well, when Joe Biden went to the Supreme Court to try and extend it, they said, no, it must be done through an act of Congress. Otherwise, illegal. OK, so Congress picks it up and says, we can't come to an agreement on this. So, no, we're not going to do it. So Joe Biden says, OK, well, the Supreme Court told me it's illegal. Guess I'll do it anyway and tried to extend the moratorium by basically creating a new moratorium that was slightly different, trying to claim some, I don't know, specious or dubious claim about, well, these are highly infected areas, so we're allowed to seize private property from people. In a shocking turn that everyone saw coming, the Supreme Court has said, hey, we already told you this was illegal. Now, I'll tell you what I'm really impressed by. So they're shutting down Biden's eviction moratorium again. We're looking at a, a, an, an escalation of the labor shortage. It is going to get bad. I tell you this. Whose fault is it? Who cares? It's going to happen. At this point, the political bickering is wasting everyone's time when you should be preparing for what this means. There's a lot of things that it means. When you get what is going to be like 10 million people homeless, you better be ready for that mass economic crash. I mean, it's going to be a Great Depression. I'll tell you that. So think about what you can do right now to protect yourself. Learn what you can. Get out of cities. Maybe buy some emergency supplies. I'm not saying prep for the apocalypse, but man, I tell you, I think we're in for a rude awakening. We got another story. The Great Resignation is still happening, and it's expected to get worse. 55% of Americans anticipate looking for a new job. Now, that's just looking for a new job. Since April, I think in April, there was like 4 million resignations. So the labor shortage? Oh yeah. Have you gone to the store lately? Have you noticed there's a lot of things you can't buy? Well, thanks, Biden. I'm not blaming Trump for it. The first three years of Trump, man, the economy was 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 amazing. But let's read about the 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 eviction moratorium and talk about private property rights and what is more important than your communist utopia. These people may be thinking. Well, we can't allow the U.S. to collapse. So let's strip people of their rights to own private property for the sake of helping the people who might become homeless. And I'm like, no, nah, rights come first. You know, if the United States finds itself flying off a cliff or crashing into a brick wall, I think we have to stick to rights first because we'll make it, but we won't make it if we strip people of their rights. The ends do not justify the means. We got the story from The New York Times. Supreme Court ends Biden's eviction moratorium. The ruling followed political and legal maneuvering by the administration to retain protections for tenants. It puts hundreds of thousands at risk of being put out of their homes. Bill de Blasio came out and called the Supreme Court far right. Yeah, Bill de Blasio is a Nazi
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: The New York Times says the Supreme Court on Thursday rejected the Biden administration's latest moratorium on evictions, ending a political and legal dispute during a public health crisis in which the administration's shifting positions had subjected it to criticism from adversaries and allies alike. The court issued an eight page majority opinion, an unusual move in a ruling on an application for emergency relief where terse orders are more common the court's three liberal justices dissented the decision puts hundreds of thousands of tenants at risk of losing shelter it's actually in the millions to be to be correct while the administration struggles to speed the flow of billions of dollars in federal funding to people who are behind in rent because of the covid pandemic and its associated economic hardship only about 5.1 billion of the 46.5 billion in aid has been dispersed by the end of july according to figures released on wednesday a bureauc- as bureaucratic delays at the state and local levels snarled payouts. The majority opinion, which was unsigned, said the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had exceeded its authority. Here's the amazing thing. They already ruled that and the Supreme Court has no mechanism by which to enforce any of this stuff. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Joe Biden will just come out, slightly alter the, the previous mandate and say this is a new mandate. Because the Supreme Court can't do anything about it. But I'll tell you what you can do. This means Biden, his order is not a legitimate order because the Supreme Court has ruled it unconstitutional, illegal. They've exceeded their authority. That means if you are to evict someone and they try to sue you, you'll win. You will ultimately win in court. Now, here's the big problem. Perhaps we are now learning that not only does the presidential administration, the president have no clothes, Supreme Court doesn't either. You know, what happens if you evict someone and they sue you? And then uh, they say you violated the eviction moratorium. So you or you you, you take them to court or you get pulled into court. And the lower court says, you know, we we agree you're you're allowed to evict. So they appeal. It makes its way to the Supreme Court. and The Supreme Court says the eviction stands. And then the person says, "Eh, well, I'm not going to leave anyway. What are you going to do about it? What happens when the cop comes in and says, listen, I work for the city of New York, right? I'm a bootlicker for de Blasio, and I don't care what the Supreme Court says because my boss said do it anyway and then stops you from evicting someone. It'll happen. I mean, I, I, here, let me clarify. In the circumstances that I laid out, if those things are to occur and that you know people get sued and they challenge this, what I mean to say is if it comes down to the mayor of New York and the Supreme Court, the police officer will very likely side with the mayor That's what we've seen so far. Now, to be fair, in New York specifically, many of the NYPD have refused to enforce the COVID restrictions. But you'll get state troopers, you know, they'll lick the feet of of Hochul or whatever, who's ever in office. And they'll say, look, we don't care what the Supreme Court says. We're New York. And therein lies the, 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 the continual collapse of the United States. When the president can stick his middle finger up to the Supreme Court and they do nothing about it losers. I got to tell you, man, the Supreme Court is a bunch of losers. Losers. You know why? Because they don't do anything. They're so scared that people will realize they can't enforce anything, that they barely actually uh, try to rule on things. You know, we had a whole bunch of cases they could have ruled on in the past couple of years that would have been significant, but they're like, but if we do that and then they defy us, people will realize we can't actually do anything. What a waste of time. Here we are. Biden just gave a big middle finger to the Supreme Court, and what did they do? Calmly just said the exact same things they already said. Where's the derision, the ire, and the outrage? Where's the penalty for violating the Supreme Court's order saying any eviction moratorium must go through Congress? The CDC has no right to do this. And Biden said, I'll do it again. So what's to stop him from doing it again? And then people will wake up to the fact that there is no Supreme Court. They have they are powerless. Because so long as the police are willing to enforce whatever it is they're told to do, who cares? I mean, let's be real. The Constitution says they you can't do certain things, and the cops do it anyway. I tell you the story about that woman who uh, accidentally drove into New Jersey with a gun. In In Pennsylvania, you're allowed to have a gun in New Jersey or not. She didn't realize she gets pulled over, and with a smile on his face, that cop charged arrested her on felony charges of illegal possession of a weapon. I thought the Constitution says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And if even if that cop thought it was wrong for her to cross that bridge, could he not have just said, "Ma'am, I'm gonna need you to turn around. I'm gonna escort you back to the bridge. You cannot bring this weapon in New Jersey." Luckily, I stopped you before you commit. You know, you you no, they don't care. He was like, "Ooh, hot dog." I got his middle-aged woman. She's going to go to prison for 10 years. Fortunately, the NRA stepped in. This is a story I was told at a gun shop. And, and maybe there's more uh, nuance to this. But I've seen it over and over and over again. The Supreme Court has been exposed. What, what, what are they, they going to do about it? What are they doing? They got nothing. Nothing. Here's what they say. The CDC has imposed a nationwide moratorium on evictions in reliance on a decades-old statute that authorizes it to implement measures like fumigation and pest extermination. It strains credulity to believe that this statute grants the CDC the sweeping authority that it asserts. D- didn't you say that last time? And Biden just went, I'll do it again. You're doing nothing. Now, the system is, is collapsing, my friends. Justice Stephen G. Breyer, writing for three dissenting justices, faulted the court for its haste during a public health crisis. These questions call for considered decision-making, informed by full briefing and argument. Their answers impact the health of millions. We should not set aside the CDC's eviction moratorium in this summary proceeding. Pathetic. The majority said the issues were fully considered and straightforward. It is indisputable that the public has a strong interest in combating the spread of COVID-19 Delta variant. But our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in pursuit of desirable ends. If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. In dissent, Justice Breyer wrote The public interest is not favored by the spread of disease or a court second guessing of the CDC's judgment. Justice Breyer, you're a Nazi, okay? You are a mother Nazi. Let's just be real about this. You do not have the right to seize someone's private property just because of a pandemic. Sorry. You just can't do it. Now, there's a lot of things we can do in a health emergency, and there's a lot of questions that must be raised and a lot of laws that must be challenged, because simply declaring an emergency does not grant you the right to supersede someone's rights. Within certain uh, circumstances, we have tolerated the suspension of rights, or I should say the government infringement upon rights because of dire measures. What's, uh, someone said this, I can't remember who, if you, if, uh, if you allow a government to uh, enact a decree uh, because of an emergency, what's to stop them to creating an emergency to enact a decree? If they have that power to just declare an emergency and then do whatever they want, what's going to stop them? That's why we can say things like, we understand Abraham Lincoln crossed the line in a lot of ways. We also understand it was an existential crisis and one of the bloodiest wars ever fought. In this pandemic, yes, we have a large loss of life, but we don't even know if we're doing the right thing as a society as to how to deal with this properly. You got a lot of people who are, who, are, who are in debate over the proper protocols for this. So does that give the CDC the right to seize private property? That's a far, I'd say no. I'd say no. Not without compensation, at least. The Biden administration and other moratorium proponents predicted That the decision would set up a wave of dire consequences. As a result of this ruling, families will face the painful impact of evictions and communities across the country will face greater risk of exposure to COVID-19. Jen Psaki said the ruling also renewed pressure on congressional Democrats to try to extend the freeze over the opposition to of Republicans. Tonight, the Supreme Court failed to protect the 11 million households across the country from violent eviction in the middle of a deadly global pandemic, says Cori Bush. We already know who is going to bear the brunt of this disastrous decision. Black and brown communities, and especially black women, let me show you something. Here's what she said. Cory Bush tweeted, "We were outside the Capitol for five days, rain, heat cold. If they think this partisan ruling is going to stop us from fighting to keep people housed, they're wrong. Congress needs to act immediately for every unhoused or soon to be unhoused person in our districts. That's literally what the Supreme Court said to do. The Supreme Court said, If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. The application to vacate stay presented to the chief justice and by him referred to the court is granted. Okay, so, uh, Corey, you're in Congress. Deal with it. You couldn't do it last time. If you can't do it now, you don't get to rule by decree. Landlords who have said the moratorium settled them with billions of dollars in debt hailed the move. The government must move past failed policies and begin to seriously address the nation's debt tsunami, which is crippling both renters and housing providers alike, said Bob Pinnegar, the president of the National Apartment Association. It will most likely take a while for the backlog of eviction cases in many states to result in the displacement of renters. But tenant groups in the South, where fast track evictions are common, are bracing for the worst. Oh, my friends, it's more than that. It's more than that. We also have the end. Of the free money handouts, the, the those uh, bonus booster payments, the stimulus checks. Yeah, that's set to end, what is it, like September 4th or something like that? People are going to stop getting money and they're not going to have houses. Now, evictions take 30 days. So assuming this lands and there's no more, you know, illegal activity from the likes of Biden, people will be start, start getting pushed out within 30 days, you know? I don't want people to be homeless. I don't want vets to be homeless. I don't want uh, people to lose their private property. I don't want people to be uh, left hungry in the streets. But I also don't think it makes sense when you you read a lot of these stories. Not every single one, but enough of them. Where people say like, I quit my job at Walmart because I didn't like it and I've been getting unemployment and I haven't been paying rent because, oh, it's just too hard. That happened. People stopped paying rent because they didn't have to. Landlords, many of, many of them are mom and pop landlords with like a single property. The world is not made up of massive billionaires everywhere. The left doesn't get this. You know, I was talking to, you know, let's take, take a look at this, talking with Ian on the Tim Castile podcast about um, uh, piracy. And he said like piracy, you know, Ian's argument was piracy was good because it gives you exposure. And that shows you the myopic vision many people have. Not everybody who produces art is famous. Not everybody who produces art puts their face on it. Not everybody who makes a movie is a big Hollywood celebrity. Not every actor is a celebrity. In fact, it is the extreme minority. The extreme minority of movies are blockbusters. The extreme minority of art pirated comes from wealthy individuals with their faces on them. The the majority of landlords are not massive multinational corporations. They're mom-and-pop shops. People don't get this. They think Amazon runs the world. Now, Amazon's got power. Google's got power. But you know what the mach- the engine of New York City is? Small businesses, bodegas. When you want to buy groceries in New York City, sure, there's big supermarkets. Of course there are. But people just often will go to the bodega for the things they need, the milk, the soda, the water, the chips, the beans, whatever. They got deli meats at bodegas. These are small shops. Now, many of these bodegas are actually part of chains. Someone will own like 50 bodegas, one company will, and they operate all these little corner stores. So I'm not trying to imply that they're a small business. They're probably a medium-sized to a large-sized business. But it's not like, you know, these people think landlords are all evil, ultra-wealthy millionaires going, we'll extract the wealth from the proletariat. No, it's probably a retiree being like, I've invested all of my life savings into this building so that I can rent out the basement and live on a budget for the last 15 years of my life. And that's who's being ripped off with this eviction moratorium. In recent days, Mr. Biden's team has been mapping out strategies to deal with the likely loss of the moratorium, with a plan to focus its efforts on a handful of states, including South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and Ohio, that have large backlogs of unpaid rent and few statewide protections for tenants. The administration, had at first concluded the Supreme Court ruling in June had effectively forbidden it from imposing a new moratorium after an early one expired. Well, the administration had prevailed in that ruling by a five to four vote. One member of the majority, Kavanaugh, wrote that he believed the moratorium to be unlawful and that he had cast his vote to temporarily sustain it only to allow an orderly transition. He would not support a further extension without clear and specific congressional authorization. So the first challenge, they were like, OK, we're going to let you keep going. See if Congress can fix this. They didn't. Then they went to the Supreme Court again, and they said, no, 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 we're not playing this game anymore. Now, Biden just what goes and does it. Congress didn't act. But after political pressure from Democrats, a surge in the pandemic and new considerations of legal issues, Biden admin on August 3rd issued the moratorium that was subject to the new ruling. The administration's legal maneuvering might have failed, but it bought some time for tenants threatened with eviction. In unusually candid remarks this month, Biden said that this was part of his calculus in deciding to proceed with the new moratorium, which which was set to expire on October 3rd. Congress declared a moratorium on on evictions in the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. This we understand, blah, blah, blah. Think about this. Biden said he knew this was illegal. So let me tell you something. If you have someone that you need to evict, you should have already been moving forward as if this moratorium didn't exist. The Supreme Court already said it was illegal. It doesn't matter if Biden comes out and says, well, this one's slightly different. It doesn't matter. The CDC has no authority to issue any of these orders for any reason. Congress can, but they didn't. So if you are a mom and pop shop landlord, by all means, start the proceedings. It takes 30 days. An eviction is a lawsuit against your tenant. And then, you know, what, what uh, some people have said is what, what's going to happen? What do you do? You know, we were talking about this the other day. What do you do? Um, you call the cops. And then what if the cops don't do it? And therein lies the big problem. I'm willing to bet that the police will drop to their knees and satisfy Bill de Blasio, licking his feet, of course, licking his feet when he says, I refuse to allow you to evict people. The property of these mom and pop landlords and retirees belongs to us now. And the cops are going to be like, yes, my liege. And the Supreme Court will be like, guys, stop. You're violating the Supreme Court. And they're going to be like, What are you going to do about it? I don't see any Supreme Court cops coming around. Do you? That's what I think. I'll tell you this. There are a lot of good cops who will quit. I often say this. I don't blame the individual officers for the actions of the larger group uh, to an extent. But I do blame the officers who are willing to uphold the illegal actions for creating the situation. So, So let me put it this way. An individual officer has a choice. When he says no, I don't blame him. I say, you are a good man. You're a good person. You're a a, a, good person, man or woman. When they say, you know what? I just got to do what I'm told. De Blasio said so. It is your fault, officer. It is your fault. You have a choice. You could simply say, yo, the Supreme Court said no. I don't care what you say. And, And you know what? Maybe if you stand up for yourself, these things wouldn't happen. Because like, oh, no, but what if you get fired? Well, you got the Supreme Court on your side, right? Or are you more scared of De Blasio than you are of the Supreme Court? Maybe if they try and fire you for, for instructing you to defy the Supreme Court, you could f- sue for damages and maybe win a substantial settlement. Nobody really wants to go through these fights, they want the path of least resistance. That's why I say ultimately, those who are willing to say I'm just following orders are the true villains of the story. Because if some guy showed up to my house and told me to do something, I'd be like, no. Well, I want you to go do this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. You better do it or else. Okay, what's the else? You're not going to force me to do something. I'm, 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 not, I'm not playing that game. It was a story. You may have seen it about a guy. He's was a pizza delivery guy. And apparently he tried robbing a bank and he had something strapped to his neck. The original story, uh, or I should say, yeah, is that it was a hoax that um, apparently people strapped a bomb to this guy's neck and then ordered him to rob a bank. And the bomb, you know, would, would go off if he didn't. I think what happened was the police concluded he was in on it and it was a hoax or something. I'm not sure I believe it. But I'll tell you this. If I was a pizza guy... And apparently the story was that he he went to deliver a pizza. They kidnapped him, strapped the bomb to his neck and said, rob a bank or else. And then as he was sitting there begging for help, the bomb goes off and blows a hole in his chest. If it were me and I went to deliver a pizza and some guy strapped a bomb to my neck and said, rob the bank or else, you know what I'd say? No. I'd be like, dude, I'm not doing it. Sorry. I'm not doing it. I'd be like, you can either take this thing off me right now. Or detonate it, because I don't play that game. I did. Uh, I've been through hostile environment training, and I was the troublemaker, always screwing with the system, and uh, they couldn't plan for the things that I would do. I'm not saying I'm I'm better or special. I'm saying I'm obstinate, I'm stubborn, I'm arrogant and egotistical, and all of those awful things. And so, if someone comes to me and tells me to do it, I say no. And I'm sure most of you actually feel similarly, to be honest, because uh, you know. I see what people are saying. We've had people on the show who are like, the more the Democrats say you must do it, the more I say, F you, I'm not going to do it now. And there it is. Like those union guys in New York. You see that, that coverage we got at TimCast.com? He's like, they want to make me do it? No, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I love it. Don't you try and force anything on me because I will just say no. You get more flies with honey, huh? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a bold bet. Will police, EMS,
1: medical workers, firefighters agree to be vaccinated by mandate? Perhaps many will. Perhaps many don't care. Perhaps many went to their doctors and got the advice that said, go get the vaccine. And that's what they've chosen. And perhaps there's many people who can't. Perhaps as many people with religious reasons why they can't do it or medical reasons. Well, my friends, New York, for instance, New York City has no religious or medical exemption. And that's why I say it's a bold bet, because what happens when these people can't adhere to your mandate and then are forced to resign or are fired across the country? We are seeing many police, firefighters, EMS, medical workers saying they either can't or won't get the vaccine, and they know they will be fired. What is going to happen to American infrastructure and public services when we lose large portions of our public services? Escalating collapse, my friends. We're looking at a major crisis in Afghanistan. The, the idea of, the, uh, of American supremacy around the world, it's over. China has been mocking us for a long time now, probably a couple of years, but very much so in the past few months, that meeting with Blinken, where they said, you do not come from a position of power. Now they're seeing the utter failure that is Afghanistan. And now internally, we are looking at inflation, labor shortages, rising gas prices. We can't get supplies in certain areas. Stores across the country are no longer carrying certain goods because the prices are either too high or there's a shortage. And now critical infrastructure, that is the police, fire and EMS, will be crippled. It's interesting. You know, there's been this big discussion about defunding the police and abolishing the police. And I've come out pretty strongly angry at those officers who would lock down small businesses and suppress people's rights. And I'm very much not a fan of this. Now, when we look at what's happening in Australia and many other countries, I've been a bit more blunt. And to be completely honest, a bit hyperbolic when I say abolish the police. It is intended to get a, a rise out of people to a certain degree, because I, I, honestly, there is no complete and total abolition of police. But there is a strong critique of the police officers who have arrested salon owners, who have fined barber barbers in rural Michigan. And they did it all with a smile on their face. Not every cop has done this. Many have resigned. But now the mandates come for them. And what's happening in Chicago All four police unions, actually, this may be beyond Chicago, but there's four police unions that are being reported saying they refuse these vaccine mandates. Interesting. Well, you're going to lose your jobs. And I suppose if you're willing to stand up for that, I respect it because you're doing the right thing. But I'm curious as to how many officers were told to enforce COVID restrictions when it affected other people and they had no problem doing it. I get messages from cops all the time. Some say I'm wrong. They're typically respectful. And I really do appreciate it because I can be a bit Strong in my criticism of those who would suppress the rights of individuals, but a lot of cops respectfully email me saying they disagree, that I'm wrong, and that they're trying to do the right thing. And I can respect that, but I can't respect cops who know what they're doing is wrong when they shut down a a, a father's small business and strip him of his livelihood because I'm just following orders. Or when you look to the UK and Australia, where it's substantially worse. In Australia, we had rebel news guys. And the cop was like, I'm a subscriber to you guys. Now you better get out before we find you. That is evil. The banality of evil. Now they've been talking about defunding and abolishing police, and I think they found their way to do it, applying the restrictions that have been applied to everybody else to the police. And all of a sudden, the police say, no, we out. Now I'll tell you where things start to cross the line to an extreme degree. Of course, the officers can always quit, but in New York. They have just removed the religious exemption. New York City has none and no medical exemption. And this is expanding. Soon they will say, we don't care what your faith prescribes. We don't care what your doctor prescribes. Do it or else. That to me is insane. Because there's, there's fundamental questions about life that, that, are, that are shocking that you would impose on someone based on their religious beliefs. And there are fundamental questions about whether or not a doctor has final say on someone's health. If you are someone suffering from certain ailments or disabilities and you can't get the vaccine, how can these these restaurants in these cities and these these states make you into a second class citizen? We're, we're moving away from that. When it comes to religion, there's fundamental questions about people's eternal souls, and it's truly horrifying to subject them to something that is in defiance of their internal core beliefs. It's a scary thought. But it's hard to know where that line is because certainly, injecting someone with something or forced medication is different from whether or not you're mandating they participate in a certain government program. If you if you have the choice to leave, then perhaps that's what you have to do. Ultimately, here's where I think we're headed. The U.S. is in collapse. It's a controlled demolition. These people are not going to change their minds on the vaccine. So let's read these stories and see exactly what's going on. But I want to talk about the cops. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our fierce and independent journalism. I say that somewhat as a dig on some of these other mainstream news outlets, but we do have some great on-the-ground reporting. We had ELED on the ground in New York covering hundreds of New York City union workers protesting vaccine mandates. Many were, were nurses saying they will not take this because they're the ones who are telling people what to do. It's really amazing. In this story, when you have nurses saying, we prescribe this to people. When it's or they're not the ones giving the prescriptions, but they administer it. They advise as nurses. And these women say we're the ones in the hospitals talking to patients about their health and telling them what they need and don't need based on the literature we're given. And they're being told to ignore all of their own expertise. It's medical. Look, don't get your medical advice from people on the Internet like me. You get your advice from people who have knowledge in the medical field. There's a lot of people who do a lot of crazy things, but therein lies the the, the opportunity to support our work, our journalists on the ground, and you'll get access to members-only segments. Like this video, share the video, subscribe to the channel. Let's read about what's happening to our police departments. From ChicagoSuntimes.com, Lori Lightfoot forges ahead with October 15th vaccine mandate for city employees, despite opposition from all four police unions. Quote, this has literally lit a bomb underneath the membership said Fraternal Order of Police President John Cadenzara, We are in America, GD it. We don't want to be forced to do anything, period. This ain't Nazi effing Germany. Bold words. Of course, the mainstream media has come out criticizing these words, and I'm going to tackle those because this officer is 100% correct. And I'll tell you this, officers. To every cop who heard those words and agrees, I hope you remember this. When they tell you to go and arrest a salon owner again, Because the cops did. Or when they tell you to go to Attila's gym and arrest someone leaving the gym or shut down the gym. I hope you remember these words, because it ain't Nazi Germany. They say, quote, as cases continue, continue to rise, we must take every step necessary and at our disposal to keep everyone in our city safe and healthy, Lori Lightfoot was quoted as saying in a press release. Getting vaccinated has been proven to be the best way to achieve that and make it possible to recover from the devastating pandemic. And so we have decided to join other municipalities and government agencies across the nation, including the U.S. military, who are making this decision to protect the people keeping our cities and counties moving. The press release doesn't say what happens to city employees who refuse to comply. Just that the new policy applies to all city employees and volunteers and takes effect October 15th. Employees can apply for medical or religious exemptions. Those requests would be reviewed what would be reviewed by the city's Department of Health and Human Resources on a case by case basis. Fraternal Order of Police President John Ketenzara has been at loggerheads with Lightfoot on many issues. And this time he's not alone. It ain't just our guys. It's the sergeants, lieutenants and captains. This is a united front. It's no longer John Katanzara's big mouth like they like to spin all the time. This has literally lit a bomb underneath the membership. And wow, this is this is crazy. And what they're going to do when four or five thousand coppers say, screw you, I'm staying home. You're not making me get this effing vaccination. Don't pay me. That's fine. We'll see you in court. Whoa. Abolish the police, perhaps. Now, I respect this. These officers saying, no, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Police officers need to stand up for for civil rights. Now, I will say. I'm talking about the principle of the notion that they would defy what they would view as unlawful. That being said, my stance on vaccines are that it's between you and your doctor. My personal opinion, and people get mad about this, is that I looked at the data. And I think there are questions. I personally think it's it, it's safe. 99.9% of everyone I know who's got it, no adverse effects. Now I get it. It's still new. They're doing phase four uh, uh, reviews now on people for long-term effects. And so I respect people's individual rights just because I feel a way. And this is what's most important. doesn't mean you should be mandated to live this way. So let me explain. Left libertarian. It means I'm sitting here going like, I think the vaccines are safe and effective. I think they're wonderful technology. I read about mRNA stuff. It's awesome. That being said, you can do what you want because I will not force you to live the way I think people should live. That's what libertarian means, even if I happen to be left on many issues. And I, I hope y'all are willing to live with that. You leave me alone, I leave you alone. And we respect, we, we have to agree on certain things culturally, that's for sure. Now These officers who are standing up for themselves, you love to see it. My advice to the officers would be, look, I, I understand why the, why, why the mandates are wrong. Because you should be able to go to a doctor to make those decisions and not have the government tell you you have to do it. Hopefully, that's what ends up happening. Ken said he's not threatening a blue flu style protest. He claims the city is literally talking about putting people on no pay status who refuse to get the vaccine. You're not going to pay me. You're going to make me stay home, but you're going to have thousands of coppers willing to stay home, not getting paid to not get a vaccine. And then what are you going to do for manpower on the streets? You know what? Maybe some people can learn to take responsibility for themselves and who they voted for. Earlier this week, Catanzar told the Times, there are no studies for long-term side effects or consequences from the COVID vaccines. On Wednesday, he doubled down on that argument in a profanity-laced tirade, saying, we're in America, GD it. We don't want to be forced to do anything, period. This ain't Nazi effing Germany, where they say, step into the effing showers, the pills won't hurt you. What the F, he said. Wow. Look, I got to be honest. There's a very big difference between here and the total authoritarian control and awful things they were doing in Nazi Germany. But I do think we need to make sure we don't walk down that path, which brings me to the mainstream media's response. The Atlantic, they call out, they say the absurdity of police comparing vaccine mandates to Nazi Germany. They say that, you know, they go on to mention this quote, a few tiny holes weaken this metaphor. Public employees being compelled to take a life-saving vaccine that will prevent them from spreading a deadly virus is not quite the same thing as being subject to a genocide. Now, let's be fair and break this down. That's technically the truth, the best kind of the truth. This is not people being mandated to do something that is overtly deadly or dangerous, as far as we can tell right now. With with the studies that have been done, I think it was 43,000 people in the clinical trials, which is a lot. I certainly think you shouldn't force people to do things. And I'll tell you this, officer, you do have a right to quit the job and say no. No one's marching you to the train car. Now, in Australia, things are very, very different. I will say, however, where I will agree with the officer is that just because we're not at level, you know, five in terms of lining people up in a train cars doesn't mean we accept level one. We should not be mandating this stuff. If the vaccine is effective and they, and they say it is, now they're saying potentially booster shots, but still, then the people who get vaccinated should be fine, right? Why is it now an issue of the unvaccinated? Look, I got to stress again. My issues are almost always about liberty. I can't really go into the details on science as much as a lot of people want me to or assert they can. I am not a scientist and I am not a doctor. I am someone who believes in individual choice and freedom. And that's where my principles stand. But I do think you have a choice. Get out of the cities. Say no to policies you don't like, because for the time being, well, I can't, I can't. It's very different in New York. When your job comes to you and says this, you can just walk away. Things get dirty when you get to New York and what they're doing there. In New York, they're stripping away religious exemptions. Now, that to me is crossing a line. And They don't even have medical exemptions in the, in the general mandate for the public. Evil, authoritarianism. And that we cannot stand for. It is very difficult, my friends, to try and find the right moral line. I do not want to force people to live the way that I think people should live. And that means if people in Chicago vote for this stuff and want it, well, then what do you do? There is then the challenge of watching the rise of fascism because you know that it's wrong and you have to oppose it, even if people are cheering for it. Hard moral conundrums. And I wish I had all the answers, but I am not a prophet nor a psychic. I can only say I, I want to err on the side of defending individual liberties. For the media to come out and try and play this game, oh, you can't say that. It's not a genocide. Yo, in the beginning of what was happening in Nazi Germany, there were a lot of people who called out a lot of stuff, and they were told to ignore, oh, it's fine. It won't get that bad. Same thing with the Soviet Union. And it turns out those critics were right. What was that movie, Valkyrie or whatever, where some uh, German officers tried to literally stop Hitler. And they were put, they were executed because of it. And now they're looked back as, as heroes. Bravo to those men who tried to stop a madman because they could see what it was. Now you look at what's happening and I'll tell you, it ain't just cops. On August 18th, we got this report from the AP. Firefighters and police, police push back against a vaccine mandate. Richmond, Virginia. The unions representing some Richmond firefighters and police officers are pushing back against a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. City employees must be fully vaccinated or receive a medical or religious exemption by October 1st, but Wednesday is an initial deadline to submit documentation. I'm not a fan of all the mandates, but I can respect the religious and the medical exemptions because let's be real. A religious exemption is a blanket exemption, to be completely honest. And at this point, it's pressuring people who have no good reason. But most, I think, people of faith, and you can choose your faith, are going to be allowed to have these, these exemptions. And if they reject it, take them to court. I don't like where society is going. I don't. People in their, in their jobs in the public sector being mandated this stuff. You know what? I'll tell you where it gets scary. It gets scary here with CNN. You do not have the constitutional right to refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. An opinion piece from just the other day. They write, now that the FDA has approved The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for people age 16 and older, it's time for all governments across the country to mandate the vaccine for people taking part in indoor activities. There are no more valid excuses for not being vaccinated other than health reasons. One frequently heard pushback against the vaccine is that there is a constitutional right to choose whether to be vaccinated or not for adults, and a right to determine whether children can be vaccinated. This is a non-starter in the midst of a pandemic. The Constitution is not a suicide pact guaranteeing a right to harm others. The government has latitude to protect citizens from deadly conditions, especially when the science supporting vaccination is so clear. The bioethicist, Professor Arthur Kaplan of New York University, has made a compelling case for the moral mandate to require vaccination, appearing with New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio in a news briefing last month to address the city mandating vaccines for all municipal workers. He argued the new policy makes good ethical and public health sense and that it will help all of us by keeping the COVID outbreak controlled. We agree, but also believe that the public needs to better understand that there is no constitutional right to avoid vaccine mandates against a deadly disease. With respect to children, parents do not have carte blanche. At one time, children were the property of their fathers, but that is no longer the case. Children are persons under the Constitution. And as the ruling in Prince v. Massachusetts held, Parents do not have a constitutional right to make martyrs of their children. Parents have an obligation to protect their children's health and life, which means the school district mandates that reduce the risk of death to children should be enforceable, period. This is CNN telling you, actually, I'm sorry, demanding that all governments across, the, uh, across this country, state, local, and, and you know, city, etc., Will mandate this. They are demanding that the that the the vaccines be mandated and that you have no right to refuse. You know what? They're not entirely wrong, but I will tell you this: if you want this country to be ripped apart in two seconds, this is what you need. So I wonder, they wanted to defund and abolish the police. They failed to muster the support to do so. Now with the mandates, they may actually get it done anyway. Do they really want this country to be torn to shreds to fall apart? That may be the case. With the vaccine mandates, you need to understand something. The official uh, news reporting we got was that they were saying you may need a booster shot after eight months due to do efficacy dropping, citing Israel as the canary in the coal mine. But what's next? From the New York Post, Biden and Fauci discuss requiring COVID booster shots every five months. And here you can see in this image, the shorter time frame to get a booster shot would increase the number of vaccine doses the U.S. will need to set aside. Well, that would certainly be good news for Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Those stocks probably will go up. Hmm. Take a look at this image from the New York Post. You can see that in this card they're using as an example, there's the Pfizer and Pfizer dose from uh, month two and month from February and and March. Then you can see here the five-month booster. So it looks like an art piece, they say. President Biden on Friday said that he and Dr. Anthony Fauci discussed requiring COVID-19 booster shots every five months rather than every eight as previously anticipated. The shorter time frame would increase the number of vaccine doses the U.S. will need to set aside for booster shots as poor nations clamor for more U.S. donations. Quote, the question raised is, should it be shorter than eight months? Should it be as little as five months? That's being discussed. I spoke with Dr. Fauci this morning about that. Biden said in the Oval Office during a visit with from Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. Biden said Friday that booster shots for Americans will start here on September 20th, pending approval of the FDA and the CDC Committee of Outside Experts. The president did not say what Fauci, the government's top infectious expert, recommended regarding booster shot timing. Israel began giving booster shots to senior citizens last month, rejecting the World Health Organization's plea for a moratorium on boosters, so the third world can get the vaccine to reduce the possibility of a new and more dangerous mutations. Pfizer and BioNTech have requested FDA approval for a booster shot for their two-dose vaccine, which is the most widely used option in the US, saying data shows a third shot improves the body's ability to fight the virus. Moderna's similar two-dose vaccine was made with the same technology. Johnson & Johnson's one-dose vaccine also works better with an extra shot, the company said this week. The changing time frame on booster shots threatens to undermine White House messaging, however. Amid continued vaccine hesitancy among certain demographic groups. Jeff Zients, Biden's COVID-19 response coordinator said Tuesday, we expect the rule to be simple. Get your booster shot eight months after you got your second shot. According to CDC data, 73.5% of US adults have had at least one COVID-19 vaccine shot and 62.8% are fully vaccinated. Vaccines dramatically lower the risk of serious symptoms, hospitalization and death. But the high rate of vaccination hasn't stopped a surge in cases of the Delta variant, with a daily average of more than 156,000 new U.S. COVID-19 cases over the past week, matching the case rate in late January. This has many people concerned. But my issue here is not the medical issue. It's not the guidance, because that's, that's your decision for your life. My issue is the escalation in authoritarianism. Five months now? Bill Maher already came out, liberal Bill Maher, saying, no he refused this. He said he already got two. He took one for the team and he's not going to take another one. He was then challenged by Max Rose on his show who said, I'm losing you here. People got to do this. Is that what they're going to keep saying? You have to do this. Is Bill Mart? he took one for the team. You probably saw my, my, you, you may have seen my, uh, my exchange with Casey Neistat on Twitter where I said, you know, in response to these celebrities saying, go get vaccine. I said, no, go talk to your doctor. And a lot of people tell me that doctors, no, look, it's not, it's not for me or any celebrity to decide what you do. You, 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 you do what you do. But in response, Casey told me that he didn't go to a doctor. He just pulled up in a parking lot and stuck his arm out the window. And I'm like, that's crazy. That, that to me is just absolutely insane. But you can look at the, card, the cards. They have four lines on them. Now they're saying potentially five months. You know what's going to happen. How long until this is a monthly thing? You got to do what you got to do. Man, the profits of these pharmaceutical companies will be through the roof. Good news for all of them, I suppose. I don't know what to tell you, man. I really, really don't. It looks like the authoritarian rise is going to happen in this regard. But if the police, if fire departments, if workers all quit, maybe that will be pressure on the system to where they'll stop. But I have to wonder if it's uh, still something they want, I guess. In this exclusive video from TimCast.com, hundreds of New York City union workers protested vaccine mandates and threatened to quit. Over 500 nurses, educators, and other union workers gathered outside City Hall in New York City on Wednesday to oppose vaccine mandates encouraged by federal, state, and local governments. Protesters spoke with TimCast about their concerns for personal freedom when it comes to medical care, as well as the possibility of having to leave New York City and potentially their careers. Quote, I don't care anything about politics. Let's talk about human rights. They're taking away our human rights, said one healthcare worker, brandishing a sign that said medical freedom. You want to be vaccinated? It's your choice. Don't push it on me because I'm not going to be vaccinated, said another union worker wearing a union pride shirt. Nothing short of a gun to my head will make me get this vaccine, a nearby protester interjected. A flyer for the event deemed it to be the largest protest from rank and file union members in the city's history. Let's be real. 500 people? Nowhere near enough. Now, Occupy Wall Street and BLM come out with tens of thousands. May Day Union protests get tens of thousands or 000, around a hundred thousand, perhaps. Five hundred people with respect to each and every one of these people and their freedoms. I believe you'll just have to end up leaving. And I think most people will just have to end up leaving. From the TheNewYorker.com, should the government impose a national vaccination mandate? And then it's the question of where are you going to leave to? Despite claims to the contrary, there are many routes to legally requiring COVID inoculation. For the New Yorker, they write, Earlier this month, a parent asked a question on the community discussion listserv for the Cambridge, Massachusetts school district, where my teenager will start high school this fall. Since the state routinely requires students to have certain vaccinations for enrolling in public school, would it also require vaccination against COVID-19 once the FDA moved the authorization status from EUA to full approval? Other parents replied that they supported the requirement, predictably invoking science, public health, and communal values. But the vehemence of their opponents in highly vaccinated Cambridge took me by surprise. There were rec- 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 recriminations about interference with personal choice and references to Nazi Germany. One participant accused another of bullying and threatened to consult an attorney.
0: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: The FDA did grant full approval to the the Pfizer vaccine for people 16 and older. They say in July, the Department of Veterans Affairs became the first federal agency to require some of its employees to get the vaccine or face termination. Biden recently ordered all federal workers to attest that they are vaccinated or else wear masks and get tested weekly. Within hours of the FDA's full approval, the Defense Department announced that it would mandate all 1.4 million active duty military members to be vaccinated. On the same day, public university systems in New York, Minnesota, and Louisiana rolled out similar requirements. Strong resistance to government-mandated vaccination isn't new. In 1853, Britain imposed the first mandatory vaccinations requiring parents to inoculate infant children against smallpox or face heavy fines. Violent riots broke out, fueling a national anti-vaccination movement that supported political candidates solely based on their stance on vaccination. In the late 1890s, some penalties were eliminated and conscientious objectors were allowed exemptions. But by the mid-20th century, too many people, nearly half the population in some areas, were claiming exemptions, and the vaccination mandate was repealed altogether. Britain then dealt with outbreaks by other means, such as compulsory examination. In the U.S., there were few riots, but there were lawsuits. You look at this, and you can see, they've had these things in the past. People didn't stand for them in the past. But I'll tell you, I'll tell y'all, who won out? In the end, the vaccine mandates won out. In the end, parents get their kids vaccinated. In the end, every bit of resistance was stamped out by generational changes. Is that a prediction for what may come in the future? Perhaps. Now, they say in Jacobson v. Massachusetts, the court reciting the principle that individual liberty is not absolute in the face of the common good and that real liberty for all depends on restraining individual exercises of liberty that harm others. The court, as Justice John Marshall Harlan wrote, was therefore unwilling to hold it to to be an element in the liberty secured by the Constitution of the US that one person or a minority of persons residing in any community and enjoying the benefits of its local government should have the power thus to dominate the majority that acts through the state's attorney state's authority to protect health and safety. The court therefore held that a state had legal authority to require vaccinations Seventeen years later, it also held that neither due process nor equal protection prohibited a San Antonio ordinance making vaccination a condition of children's attendance in schools. Schools have vaccine mandates, but kids are vaccinated at at birth, basically, and throughout childhood. So when you apply your children to go to school and they say, you know, they want to, I don't know if your kids vaccinated, people just be like, yeah, of course. And it was when he was a kid. I remember I went for my 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 vaccines when I was little. So what's going to happen next? Well, my opinion. Times are different. It may not result in an absolute uh, success of those who want the mandates because of the Internet. Many people may just say no, because the economy was already smacked down so hard and some people are without resources or work. Many may just say no. These police may just decide to retire or leave. The Departments could collapse. The economy could falter. And Americans become a more humble folk after the cities tear themselves apart. Or perhaps when that happens, the cities will be forced to repeal these mandates. It's hard to know for sure. In any other year, if it weren't for the Internet, I'd say we would track identically to how things went in the past. By the time you're, you know, you're older, kids today will have children themselves. The doctors will administer vaccines and no one will question the covid vaccine and the five month booster shot booster shot for their entire lives. Because think about what that means when they say every five months forever. So come January, come May, come October, then, you, then, then March, then August, and so on and so forth. Did I get the math right? Maybe I got the math wrong. Uh, every, every five months, they're saying booster shot. That means kids born today may end up living in a world where they get shots from the, from the, uh, for the government every five months. And when you can do that, what's to change them from simply being like, this month's shot is the new shot, You ever see the movie Equilibrium with uh, Christian Bale? They live in a a world where everyone has to inject themselves the chemical to suppress emotion. Or else you get arrested. Everybody just lives lives a life where every day they take an injection. I don't know. I'm not a prophet, right? So I can't tell you what will happen. First I think what we'll see is chaos in the streets when all the cops end up just dipping out. I don't know, though. I, I, I just don't know what to say. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel in that people will assume more personal responsibility. They'll watch after their kids more. They'll care more about what's happening in their communities. With remote working, more people will spend time together. It'll diversify opinion. And maybe that could uh, depolarize this country. Maybe. Maybe we need to remain a little bit optimistic that for all the bad things that are happening, it may actually be a good thing. Police departments start getting dismantled to a certain degree, but people start fleeing cities. The people in these cities seeing the wave of crime start changing their votes and finding alternatives. People who move to remote areas start learning how to garden and take care of themselves. With remote working, they're around their kids more often. They start wondering and, and, and they start spending more time with their families and sharing their values. And maybe things start to heal. Let's be a little bit optimistic and say that maybe some good can come out of this so long as we focus on it and stay vigilant. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and
0: I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?